0: Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Today I want to talk about heresy in a more broader sense. Of course, I did the video uh, last week about the the heresy of the free grace movement or the hyper grace movement. But uh, I was thinking about, you know, how do we tell the difference between a heresy and something we might disagree with? Like, you know, one of the pastors I would tend to agree with more often than not would be John MacArthur. But I don't agree with everything he says. What is it that you... Uh, isolate out and separate and say, you know, this is a heresy versus, yeah, this is just a point to disagree with. You know, there's one big YouTube uh, group out there that I will catch videos from every now and again. That guy has never had anything positive to say about anybody at all. Everybody is a heretic. He is the only one with perfect theology. When you cannot find anybody else you can have some degree of fellowship with, you're probably the heretic, just so you know. But what really is the difference? What is the origin of the free grace movement? What about the emergent church? How about the health and wealth gospel? Uh, how about the church growth movement? All these functions and things. And let's start on the common ground. okay? Because even that heretic I read some books from last week, the first book I picked up and read of his from, it was one I knew we would have some common ground. Now, uh, does, is that man teaching a true gospel? Is he a, a fellow Christian that uh, we disagree with the points? No. His gospel is poisonous and dangerous. Um, can I have some agreements and and whatnot with a John MacArthur? Absolutely. Completely a man of God. Um, looking at other larger pastors I don't really, I mean there's a lot of them out there that I do not like, I do not follow necessarily, but I wouldn't say they're heretics. But there's also a lot of people who have big churches and big numbers that are heretics. So let's also talk about this can of worms, Calvinism versus Arminianism. I'm a five-point Calvinist. Um, I do not necessarily look at an Arminian and say, you're just a heretic. I say, yeah, you're probably wrong and have some misconceptions about some things. And if we can discuss them, you know, maybe we can come to some ground, although probably not. Where I will find heresy in that is if you go so hyper-Arminian on one end as to say there's no uh, there's no basis for salvation, Uh, But on the other end, a hyper-Calvinist on the other end is equally uh, heretical in his viewpoints. Uh, Is it heresy or is it just an error and a misunderstanding? Because all of us have come to Christ and had things wrong. None of us are born and like we have a perfect understanding of perfect theology. So what really is the difference? I would say there's a few things to to look at. The first of these is that There is certainly some common ground that can be found in that even some of your greatest heretics will use the Bible, and many of them will not even use extra sources outside. A few of them, like the Mormons, have an extra book of the Bible. Obviously, Scientology, Christian Science, these have different books outside that have an equal authority to the Scriptures, or at least uh, close to equal authority of the Scriptures. So we get things like that and when you start adding extra books and extra material saying this is what clarifies this, that raises some serious concerns. This is why Sola Scriptura is good and as much as we are an advocate for solo scriptura, many people do solo someone else's scriptura, meaning that they are going to be uh, on the first hint of something difficult, you're going to run to a commentary from your favorite guy. And if that favorite guy is a free grace lunatic, then you're going to read about how the gospels are not relevant to Christians today. If it's a church growth guy, you're probably going to find some business motivation stuff, something to create a pragmatic plan. If it's a if it's an emergent church, they'll say, well, you know, what's your truth? If you find somebody who's like health and wealth, they'll be like, well, ultimately you just have to have faith. It's funny, all these health and wealth teachers, you know, they're losing their vision and their hair and getting sick and stuff. It's kind of funny. Um, but uh, but let's go ahead and talk about where do these heresies come from? What is it that draws people into uh, health and wealth? Of course, that's that's last generation's error. We don't see as much of that today other than uh, Osteen and a, a few other uh, old teachers here and there. Uh, you can get fly in a big tube full of demons with uh, Kenneth Copeland or whatever else. Get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Um, but all of the heresies I've named, we have the emergent church. Let's summarize these real quick. The emergent church is a postmodern church. They do not believe there is absolute truth. Well, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the arbiter of true truth. The emergent church throws that off. The church growth movement, uh, the Warrens and stuff like that, these guys have cast off the idea of faith in reality. They have cast off faith. The entire modus operandi of the church is who has the best and the biggest business plan and are you executing that plan that is the hallmark of the of the church growth church the free grace movement completely misunderstands the principles of sanctification they have no ability to reconcile what is going on as far as salvation they don't understand that a new believer takes time to grow in Christ. We, they don't understand a lot of these principles. The emergent church saw a problem with the way church has been done and says, you know, the church has gone away with all forms of traditions. They've gone away from all forms of, of apparent holiness. And so they wanted to adopt something that was more mystic in its, in its root. And all of these had some good things. And there's stuff you can find in these that are, you know, quote, good things that can be found in each one of these movements. Now, just because there's a good thing in the movement, does that mean, sure, let's just read it and then keep what's good and throw away what's bad? No. And that is an, an error that we find on, um, you know, one big uh, Christian YouTuber says that, you know, if you discourage so you call somebody heretic and you're discouraging them from um, from listening to a Joel Osteen or, or whatever else, you might be stealing their blessing for the day. There's nothing blessed in eating a plate with good food and poison mixed together. Now... What is the point of the error? The thing is, is that we have to rightly divide and we have to make these decisions about what we do. Now, what is really the difference? So let's talk about what do I disagree with on John MacArthur. One principle is I do not see anywhere in Scripture a pre-tribulation rapture. And he, of course, is a pre-tribulation rapture guy. Now, why do I say that's not heresy? Because that is a difficult argument that through the ages of the church, many churches have had decent arguments on one side and the other of that. Okay, I would disagree on some of the modus operandi of the, of the modern local church. Um, and there's a few other little tidbits and odds and ends. All of these things, these aren't major theological principles. These aren't things that mess with how you interact with, with Jesus or salvation. These aren't principles that are so critical as to lead the believer astray. But let's adopt the free grace movement. The free grace book, that book that he read, and, and I only read like like I only read like, the first half of it before I did my video last week. Oh, the last half had some glorious things like, you know, I can no longer re- sing that song, Victory in Jesus, because it has a heretical gospel that we have to repent of our Sins. Uh, repenting of our sins is core in the gospel. Okay? And, and uh, even, it's funny. At one point in time, he says, you know, he pulls up the verse, I think it's in Matthew 24, you know, about persevere. It's like, what does this mean? You persevere? Well, if you do a word search for persevere or endure in the faith, you'll find more instances in Paul's gospel. In fact, the upcoming book we have, Joash's Influences, that I have coming out, I actually quote two verses. About perseverance, why that's critically important, and neither one of them were from the Gospels. One was from Paul, and one was from Peter. Um, go figure. And so the problem is that the free grace movement interferes with the interaction of the gospel. It teaches a poisoned gospel because it says you don't have to repent, you don't have to change in your life, you just have to. He literally wrote quotes. I'm not gonna. I don't have the book in front of me to do the exact quote, but the quote says that if it any one point in time you've had a good feeling about where you're going to go when you die you're saved what so let's just have drunken orgies and when everyone's good and drunk we can all tell them about the good things so they'll be like, ah one point in time they had it all great obviously they don't teach drunken orgies so i'm not saying that they do that um Looking at the church growth, they used to look at it and say, well, the purpose, Jesus came to say, build the church, and, and we're following this rigid business plan to build the church, and our plan is successful. We have franchised the church model. That's exactly what Rick Warren has said. We have franchised the church model. Buy into our pragmatic plan, and you're going to grow. And what Bill Hybels learned uh, at Willow Creek, who was one of the other big church growth guys, it was Bill Hybels, uh, Rick Warren, and it was Bob Buford. Uh, They were the foundations of this early church growth. uh, Under the leadership of Peter Drucker, who is a socialist, not a religious man at all, a socialist, and an open agnostic or anti-theist socialist who took under the wings Hybels, Warren, and Buford to create the church growth movement based on a business plan. Okay? But... In their mind of them, in their minds, uh, Furtick buys. Of course, it's all about the numbers. He says frequently, it's all about the numbers. Well, Jesus said to grow the church, grow the church, grow the church, grow the church. Well, when it's all about the numbers, what Bill Hybels learned after 40 years of growing the church, growing the church, growing the church, is that they built a big building with a lot of bodies inside, but nobody knew anything about God, nobody knew anything about the Gospels, nobody knew anything about their Bible. They have created a pool. A thousand miles wide and one inch deep. That, by the way, is too shallow to grow seed. They have produced large, massive churches of unsaved people. That is what they have accomplished. Um, what other heresy? Of course, health and wealth, gospel, name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. Uh, whatever fun, pithy title you want to have on this heresy. They have, what they actually seem to get right is at least a, an academic understanding of the concept of faith. This is something these guys, like completely opposite of the of the Rick Warrens, who has no faith at all. It's just pragmatic playing. You do X, Y, and Z, you're going to get this, this, and this result. Well, these guys at least, at least they said, hey, this is all about faith and we got to walk by faith because that is a true element. The problem is, is that they believed in their faith so much to believe that they were gods unto themselves and that that uh, you just had to name it and then everything was perfectly fine and there was no seeking first his righteousness. There's no reliance on God. There's no answer that sometimes God says no to our prayers. And so there's a lot going back and forth. My point being here is that all of these heresies have an element of truth. The problem is the heresy becomes the line of a simple disagreement into a heresy when it starts interfering with how the Christian becomes saved. Church growth model doesn't save people it just builds churches the gospel is inherently absent because it can't be there because to preach the gospel is to divide christ did not come christ came and said i did not come to unite but to divide and this is true the more faithful we are to the scriptures the more division we start to see and that's a good thing because we do not need massive churches we need small sleeper cells of people that if one of them is taken out a whole bunch of other ones aren't there. But when Bill Hybels gets caught up in sexual infidelity and is forced to step down, that causes a rift in the whole church and the entire community, which sees over 50, 60, 70% of their Christian members going to a church, being led by an adulterer. I'm sorry, that causes degradation in the eyes of the church. But when there's 35, 40 different churches in town and one of them gets taken out, and nobody notices. But the rest of the faithful ones come up behind it and preach the gospel and absorb the members and teach them the true grace. That is really what the situation is. And so understand this. Heresies are not so bad because of that. And this is why you do not tell somebody, go out, eat a little bit of the heresy and, uh, you know, um, just, just keep what's good and spit out the fat. <laughs> no. No. If you know it's heretical, avoid it unless you're explicitly reading through it to understand and that's what I'm doing with this other guy and I got a few more of his books and oh they're just getting more and more and more glorious down the road I mean just think Jesus was a total failure as you know that's what free grace movement teaches those Gospels was his plan a my plan was come down here and establish my earthly kingdom never mind John 6 it says he departed from them because they he saw that they set sought to make him king very interesting We're going to leave this one out here. Um, We should be getting out the newsletter for Joe Ash's uh, influences this week. We are waiting on the Library of Congress number. Um, It's just because it's the holiday weekend, so it might be delayed. Um, As soon as we see that, it's ready to go. I might be able to start. In fact, I can start doing some pre-orders uh, and I can start putting the audio books and stuff up on, the, uh, on my website, uh, but I can't get it out into the distribution networks until I get that Library of Congress number. Uh, so that's coming down the road, but we should be getting the newsletter out this week. If we don't get the number in time, then we will be getting that newsletter out next week. Uh, it is on the, on the list to do that. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Sign up to that newsletter, ourwalkinchrist.com, and uh, we will see you guys uh, in the next video. Thank you for watching. I hope you enjoy your daily walk.